Well, I guess I'm, I guess we're all set then, right? We're all ready to go. Yeah. Think so. Recording. Recording. Yep. Oh, recording. dropping my phone, but also recording. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Team Cockroach, a podcast about The Good Place, a weekly comedy on NBC by Mike Schur, at least for one more season. My name is Andrew Pontius, and let me also say hello to Sarah Gardner. Hello. Hi. And Javier Matusevich. Welcome. Hello, friends. And Rachel Adelman, uh, welcome back. Hi, everyone. Hey, so we're talking about the second episode of season four, uh, A Girl from Arizona, part two. And so I'll give a little bit of a, of a rundown of what happens this episode, and then we'll we'll get into it. So this time around, um, Eleanor makes some mistakes trying to deal with the Good Place experimental subject, Brent. And so she tries to quit, but Michael talks her out of it. And she eventually finds a way to get Brent to start doing good things, even if it's for the wrong reasons, just the same way she did when she first came to the good place. So in uh, B plot of sorts, Janet breaks it off with Jason because she's so stressed about work, I uh, having to run the good place. And then in our C and D plots, well, Chidi begins to work on getting Simone to believe that the good place is real and that her actions have actual consequences. Once Eleanor finds the inner strength to bring them together again, which takes a little bit of doing. And then in our D plot, Tahani does virtually nothing. But uh, name drop Adele. I think that's all she does, pretty much. Uh, and then we don't see a whole bunch of other people, including John, the other experimental subject, or Sean, or any of the demons. So that's pretty much what happens. What do people think of uh, part two of A Girl from Arizona? It's yet another week with Tahani with nothing to do. <laughs> yeah, they got to fix that. Hmm. I think I would have liked this episode better had it aired directly after last week's episode. Oh, yeah? Like, they do feel like two parts of one episode, and I feel like if I had them both back-to-back, maybe I wouldn't have noticed, like, the Tahani missing quite as much. I felt like last week's pace was a little bit faster, and this week slowed down um, almost to a mid-season paced episode. Um but just kind of, you know, wrapping up loose ends from last week. So it may have been better if we had all seen it at once. I don't know. I liked it, actually. I preferred the way that they split the episodes. Uh, as you know, on the previous recording, I thought that they should have aired both together. But now that I see the second one, I like that we had a little uh, breathing space to really reflect and consider what's going on in the episode. They don't feel like contiguous uh, single episode to me. They feel to, like two different things. One has a very fast-paced and uh, rambling style, and the second one seems more focused, and I like that. I liked it better than the first one. Yeah, I also like this episode much better than part one. Uh, and I did notice that the title of the two episodes together only makes sense once you see this episode. It, they made no reference to a girl from Arizona in the first episode at all. So, yeah, the, in that way, they're trying to put them both together, I think. Um, 
But yeah, the, this episode felt more like a real Good Place episode, and the previous episode felt like more... I mean, they're all real Good Place episodes, right? But the other one felt more like one of those madcap, near-the-end-of-season episodes, um, like one of the the Derek ones, I think, was really felt like that, where it just felt like they were being madcap for the sake of being madcap rather than really involving the characters more deeply in in the jokes and in the storyline and in everything else. So I... I you know, there was that one scene, we'll get to it, with uh, Michael and Eleanor that kind of made me tear up a little bit and everything. So mm-hmm. I really felt like they gave the characters their due or most of the characters their due in the episode, this episode a lot more. So I just liked it so much more. And I'm, I'm, much, I'm, I'm looking more forward to the rest of the season now than I was at the end of, of last week. Yeah, it's a lot more deliberate. It's a lot more uh, thought after than than the previous episode it seems like they're they're going somewhere and i like that except for the case of tahani which i'm starting to worry that she's not going to have anything to do yeah. poor tahani, poor tahani. <laughs> all right well, well we'll get to her but why don't we start with the first sort of the a plot the big plot which involves our two veteran actors um ted danson and uh Kristen bell and they so the the, the big thing is that she's having some trouble so she tries to do a chaos sequence with brent and that doesn't really work or that backfires basically and then what's the other thing she does she does a the this is your life kind of in a a, not game it was a talk show talk show right yeah where she tries to get him to 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 self-reflect which doesn't seem like it's ever going to be a good idea um and so you know these things don't work and then she gets frustrated and everyone else kind of gets frustrated that She's getting frustrated and, and not working very well with them, and and it kind of comes to a head. Um, so, what do people think of of this this kind of plotline? I mean, I already said I really love that scene with um, Michael and Eleanor in the I guess in the in that set in that uh, talk show set where she's <laughs> drinking a big thing of. Is that supposed to be like a callback? What she's drinking? Does she does she known to drink something specific? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, she's drinking some sort of alcoholic, big alcoholic drink. And feeling sorry for herself, and Michael comes in and gives her a pep talk, and I just really loved it. Yep. Didn't she die buying margarita mix? Yes, yes, she did. <laughs> so maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's yep, yep. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, this is a very timely episode as far as you know all the allegations going around and how people are trying to attune themselves to the best way to act, and Brent does not know how to act and has died. Um. And they're trying to rehab someone who is possibly beyond rehabbing. Um, you know, we all hate Brent, and for good reason. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I did get that feeling that he's completely beyond being uh, fixable, but I also did feel like this is what we're doing. We're trying to make him better. Even if it fails at the end, I feel like now we know that this is the path that they're chosen to to take for most of the season. At, at least they're going to try it, even if it fails. Right, and the and the the challenge for this plot, for this ongoing plot, and I really like this change in direction. Not, I don't know if it's really a change, but is that they're not really focusing on Brent as the a plot. He's the he's the challenge, but the the personal the the, the person we're focusing on is Eleanor. For this plot. Yeah. And I love that. I like that so much more than, you know, oh, can we actually make him a better person? 
eh, like he's mostly there. Like he's going to be a lot of the joke machine this week because he's almost everything he says is is horrible, just awful, <laughs> just awful, just awful. Oh, yeah, <laughs> not good. But now that's not our main focus. Our main focus is Eleanor, and that just makes it so much more watchable. Yeah, to to mm-hmm. watch this show when it's about that. So I I did like that. I'm not sure if it's really a change, but it's it's sharpening that focus down. And and uh, I'll I'll tune in for that. I did think they kind of flipped a switch very fast when it came to not believing in Eleanor. Um, when it's like, <laughs> oh, you know, we need we need to find a real person in charge. That I don't know that that took me by surprise. I didn't think they would give up so soon on her. Yeah, I felt the same way. I thought it was too quick. They know how this works or doesn't work. Yeah. I especially felt it was too quick for like Janet to be fully on board oh, with true. the We yeah. Hate Eleanor mm-hmm. thing. I can see Jason and Tahani doubting her a little bit, but Janet was like fully on board with the we need to replace Eleanor. Well, maybe it can be blamed on her being stressed out by the whole neighborhood and Jason thing. Maybe. I mean, she she has to make golf courses and cars, so she must be tired. A car? <laughs> no, that's true. I, I'll grant you that that it, it did feel more sitcommy that they all turned on her right away, and I I think I was more focusing on the fact that they didn't like her behavior at the moment. But it's true that the way it was written, it was kind of like, oh, she's we don't want her to be leader anymore, and that that was probably going a little over the top. For, I don't know. For this I group. feel like. The whole thing about this show is that they all get the benefit of the doubt over and over again. So just to, you know, go that quickly, it's like, hey, you know, you've you've all gotten a lot of chances. <laughs> Give Eleanor another chance. Yeah, it feels like they, they had to they had to punch it up for the sake of getting it resolved in two episodes. Yeah. Um, and normally oh, normally uh, normally they're better than that. At their best. Mm. So but I also did I really liked Michael you know, calling back to what happened with him and how he dealt with all the humans originally. And that just seemed like, you know, bringing in, you know, these aren't just generic characters. These are characters with history with each other. And I really liked how they managed to to put all that together and, and have him be still kind of the same person he was because he's always been idealistic in his own way. Um, but now sort of helping them. I don't know. I just really like, I really like their interaction too. I thought, you know, again, these these two actors just can really, they they really have good chemistry with each other, I think, and they really were able to to make those scenes work. I will say we're awfully lucky to have a show where people actually have so much history with one another that they do call back on. I mean, even serialized TV shows, they don't normally have all that richness, and I feel like this show really leans on that, and I appreciate it. I miss having Chidi as a main character. That's true. <laughs> losing that that bit of backstory i mean we, we can experience it from from eleanor's eyes but we can't have uh, chidi's opinion on what's going on and i miss that take and it means that he's not going to be nearly as important and have nearly as much screen time as before and i think that's a loss but i kind of get what they, why they did it they did what they did and i think we lost uh sarah's theory about michael clearly michael is the standard michael not i am still holding on to that theory (laughs) i know i'm wrong but i'm gonna stick to it (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, I'm just going to be wrong for as long as I'm allowed to yeah. be wrong. Yeah. So we'll, we'll just see. Well, you're wrong. So Okay. Um, <laughs> it's not the first time I've been told, and that's probably in the last half hour. Yeah. So. Um, so let's move on to Chidi then. Um, so we only get sort of Chidi light this time around. We only get him for a few minutes. But we do sort of get the full range of Chidi. Like he gets to be yeah. philosophical. He gets to have a stomach ache. He gets to be sort he of charming. He gets to have a book at his head. <laughs> that was that was amazing. Yeah. I, I knew yeah. that was going to happen as soon as he put his hand down. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's good. But yeah, so what do people think about, about Chidi then? I feel like Chidi feels a lot more, I think maybe the word he's calmer than he was at the beginning of the other seasons. He just seems more like even keeled and steady and okay with being what he is. And it kind of just doesn't feel like Chidi at the beginning of the other reboots. Well, I agree. But on the other hand, he's not being challenged. And Chidi became who he became because he was challenged. And here he's being told that he's in the actual good place and there's nothing that's challenging that. So I can see who I can see how he could be calmer, even if he still gets a an stomachache every once in a while. Yeah, I think uh, the, the, the roles, it's always been interesting what role Chidi has played over the seasons. In the first season, he was really kind of, in the first couple of episodes, I think, he was the one who was the, the you know, the pillar, the, 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 the standard that Eleanor was judging herself against. And it yeah. only became clear as they went on that, oh, he has a lot of big problems too. And mm-hmm. it really feels like they're, they're putting him back in that original role for the moment uh, because there is a lot of other stuff going on. So he, he gets to go back to that role because he's helping someone else. And it will be interesting to see how they end that because, of course, he'll only get a good arc if we do start getting to see him challenge, can Simone challenge him in that way? I'm not sure she can. So, I, yeah, I think it'll, I'll be happier with his arc over the season if they find some way to work that back in so that he isn't just being a teacher. He's being taught as well as he goes on. And and I don't I don't see them doing that yet. I don't see, I don't see how they're going to do that yet. I'm sure they can put something in, but I don't see how they're going to do it yet. Yeah, what what... What triggered his anxiety the first time was the fact that Eleanor wasn't uh, didn't deserve to be there. That meant that the good place wasn't really perfect, and that kind of set right. off a, a chain reaction of of overthinking, as GDs want to do. And I don't think they're going to do that in this this run, but they can figure something out. How does Chidi not realize that Brent shouldn't be there? <laughs> because we know he's seen, he's seen him be bad. There was the whole right. talk show. Mm-hmm. He's seen him. I just that's the part that, like, I just don't think how he could believe it's paradise if this guy got in. I don't know. He doesn't really get the full Brent experience. That that load is bared mostly by our heroes and and Janet. I think the few seconds he sees of Brent wouldn't be so indicative if you don't hear him call for the car to go to play golf or something. (laughs) I do think that the fact that he hasn't ever fallen in love before and knows that he has a soulmate and that he's, he's got a chance of being in love. He's kind of clouded at the moment, but I could see him coming back to earth and realizing that things aren't quite right. Yeah. 
I mean, he still he still hasn't gotten over being Thor or Book Thor or whatever you want to call him. Yeah. <laughs> Who would? Right? No one yeah. would. <laughs> After about the sixth concussion, I think he might get over it, but we'll we'll find out. And then he really won't care about Brent. Yep. <laughs> Do you guys think that the concussions will sometimes trigger uh, his old memories back? Is that how he comes back? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> It'd have to be an extra special book. Extra special concussion. Well, if he gets hit by his own book, wasn't that the giant book that he never finished? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, but it, it is if true. That's yeah. how this whole series ends. We'll, we'll say you called it. <laughs> he, he's going to need Michael's extra special headache cure pretty soon. <laughs> Jason, 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 Jason. Well, as we're, we're talking about this, the, the whole idea that, like, yeah, like, Chini doesn't need the same arc because he already went through the arc of improving. So they either need to sort of not give him an arc, I guess, and have him be involved in some other way or do something different with him this time around, even though we know how he gets better. So yeah, I think it'll be interesting because it, it does feel like a bit like they've, they've written themselves into a corner with Chidi. I mean, I feel like Eleanor must be the wrinkle. Like he's going to go forward with Simone and things are going to be good. And then Eleanor is going to be the challenge. Yeah. Could be. Yep. I mean, uh, Chidi still has to get better, though, because he's the subject. That's part of the deal, right? So yeah. he still has to recreate the experiment, <laughs> if you must. It doesn't have to be the same arc, but it has to be something. Yep, something. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and then let's see. Okay, so the next one is Janet and Jason. And mm. <laughs> <laughs> Jason gets a lot of good lines this week. Um, Poor Jason. <laughs> without ever actually doing very much. <laughs> he does have the best jokes this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, it, Janet breaks up with him. Like, it's kind of, it's a one-line thing, right? It, not really much happens with that. Um, I, I did really like how Michael has his own little pep talk for Jason. And, you know, <laughs> I used to tell him that, you know, you got you to gotta learn impulse control. And I don't know if he's, you know, did he learn impulse control before? Did he actually get better even during the first run of things? I don't think so, or so much. I mean, I guess sort of, because Jen's, in Jen's test, he did a little better than he, maybe she expected him to, but not, like, good enough. But, yeah. I did. Not as many things were on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he's still mostly a figure of fun, I think, rather than a, a an actual serious character who's getting a progression of, of becoming better. But I, I, that's kind of all he needs, I guess, right now. So... And that was really the only thing Tahani had to do of any note this week was to comfort him when he was sad and tell him he wasn't alone. Yeah. We got to pour one out for Blake Bortles, too. So, so <laughs> eh, We don't. Really. <laughs> Jason does. Of course he does. Yeah. No, it was a, it was a breakup and then part B. Yeah. And you don't want a part B. <laughs> part, part Blake. Oh. <laughs> Well, so did that happen in the real world? I should have looked that up. Did he actually get... Yes, he's no longer with the yeah. team. Okay. And that, I think, happened before last year's season ended. But, yeah, they have moved on from Blake Bortles. <laughs> well, that'll, that'll be his way of growing, is is getting over Blake Bortles. I don't know. Buying a new jersey. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, that would be, uh, that, that would be a lot of growth. That would be a lot of personal growth for him to do that, yeah. 
So that's really kind of the whole plot. Um, were there any other aspects to the the season before we do joke machine that uh, people want to talk about? So do we get the feeling that Janet is torn up by this at all? She seemed pretty able to just kind of break things off with Jason <laughs> without really feeling too distraught about it. She says it'll endanger the experiment if they stay together, and she's really matter-of-fact, and then that's kind of it. <laughs> Her breakup with Jason would seem very clinical and detached. She seems like an AI almost. I don't know. Her delivery is still more nuanced than it used to be in the sense that before she was kind of more trying to be robotic. I think the actress was. And now she seems to be more like a regular person. But yeah, you're right. She's very, very detached about it. Yeah, she seems a bit regressed. I'm I'm not saying that she's back at Janet Prime, but she's still pretty regressed. She needs disco Janet. I still kind of... I kind of maintain that they're all regressing a little bit for mm, now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's going to let them grow a little bit. Even Janet. I'm looking through my notes. I'm just making sure there's nothing that we didn't miss. I think, if anything, it might just be that uh, we get the uh, realization that Michael faked the breakdown so that Eleanor would take over. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's what Eleanor thinks. <laughs> well, and... You know, he smirked about it, you know, so we're led to believe that's true, but maybe not. Yeah, I mean, I I think he wants her to think that was kind of what I got from that smirk. Because we saw, you know, he got that message from Sean right before he had the breakdown. So I kind of think it was a legit breakdown. I mean, it was silly, but but yeah, you didn't get the sense at the time that he was faking it. Yeah. And of course, if if you had, it would have been nonsensical to us, so... Yeah, they both get to feel better believing that. Maybe he wasn't faking it, but uh, seeing John and seeing the whole situation with the suit all piled up, and he realized that he could never completely get humans, and that's the source of the breakdown. Not like he was trying to get Eleanor, but just that he panicked as he saw himself as unfit, in the sense that. Eleanor should replace him. Maybe. Or maybe we're giving the writers too much credit. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean I think it work it works either way, right? It, it, we can we can make little little bits of add little bits of canon for ourselves to explain it away, or you can just go with it. And I'm I'm perfectly happy to go with it because it does feel like both of those were kind of emotional truths. Like Michael being overwhelmed at the time seems like it could be something true to his character, and then, you know, him him also wanting to give Eleanor uh, the chance to lead, the chance to to lead an experiment to success, to, to success, which as he as he points out, he never did, he never has done it. Is also feels true, and and like a yeah. good point for the episode to make. Yeah. When he says this is a job for a human, I really do believe that, or I believe that he thinks that. Yeah, two things can be true. So yeah, and so we don't see we don't see John, who's the other jerk. I'm glad, um, and yeah, I'm pretty glad too. Yeah, I mean that actor is fine, but yeah, it's you know, too much of these guys is just you know makes the episode less less enjoyable. But then they've got to go through the whole thing again with John. So that is one thing I'll say is that we're going to get at least one and more episode focused yeah. on how to improve John 
and and it's going to be the same drill that it's just going to seem really hard for our characters to do because it is really hard. But that would be a Tahani episode. Yeah, that would be a Tahani episode. That would be a Tahani. Yeah, that's true. Yep, that just occurred to me. Yep, yep, yep. So hopefully she will get to both grow herself and, and you know, show yeah. show how funny she can be at the same time. I hope they find a way to make him funny because while Brent is unlikable, it's fun to make fun of him. And I don't think that's the case with John right now, at the very least. He's unlikable and unfunny. So right. I hope they find something to make him funny, at least. Yeah, I have to say, I'm, I'm not quite sure I've, I've figured it out yet, but Brent did seem to be not necessarily more likable, but more enjoyable to watch this episode. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out why, because again, he was saying horrible things, which we'll get to, and he was not improving. But there was just something about it that just made him more fun. I guess maybe also because he was getting more engaged with the characters, with our characters that we know we like, you know, when they were like, uh, drawing him into the, the spy drama of the, you know, the best place. And I mean, it's almost like watching the old Stephen Goldberg show. It's an unlikable character, but it's so extreme that it's funny. Sure. He has lines that make you make fun of that stereotype. Like I don't want to get into the jug machine, but I feel like it's, it's appropriate. Uh, he says, I earned my spot just like my father and his father before him. And I feel like that's uh, a very strong line that while he's saying it, uh, the writers are putting in there because it makes fun of a whole kind of person and stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's the same way I kind of feel about the John character that that's also a stereotype and we haven't really gotten to it yet because we haven't had a lot of time with that character. But that's, you know, that's another, it's a different kind of Hollywood stereotype that I think they're making fun of. The catty gossip columnists who's like tracking Tahani everywhere. I don't know. I think, I think it's more, I think, about our regular characters battling their own demons uh, than it is about those characters particularly. I still really hate Brent. <laughs> I haven't come around on him this week. I know he's probably more entertaining than he was, but boy, I would punch that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's just bad. <laughs> right. And, and who did, was it Eleanor who did the thing with the, or was it Tahani who did the thing where they, they were doing the same thing where they're opening the door for people and, and everything to get points. I think it was Eleanor. Like, what yeah, was I feel like it was, it Eleanor. was Eleanor. And it's just, you you kind of felt she was still more sort of enjoyable to watch doing that than Brent is. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I guess maybe at the time it was still just as incorrigible. So, again, it's it's, it's really interesting. There's there's no point in this that I really want Brent to improve. Yeah, I know well, I should. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I want Eleanor to succeed. But, yeah, yeah no, that guy, whatever. He gets what he gets. <laughs> well, I think some of it is like Eleanor had all these faults, but they felt like faults that were not sort of, I mean, they were bad. They were really bad, but they were sort of abstract. And mm. Brent has all of these faults that are very, very particular to real world people that, you know, we know or that we've seen. I think that's one reason why it's it's harder to forgive him for anything is because 
you know, we know more that the things that people like Brent have done have caused real world problems. Whereas, you know, you really just don't, I don't know the whole, like what, what did Eleanor do with the, like stealing the dress and doing all that? Like, these are not things that happen to people every day. She's scammed elders though. Yeah. I don't think that's nice. I think with Eleanor though, we knew she felt guilty and with him, he doesn't feel guilty at all. Well, so. yeah. I don't know, guys. Eleanor was really bad. <laughs> she, I, th- I think we are. I think we are forgetting just how bad she was. That was a long time ago. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to like Brent ever, but I think he has done terrible things, and Eleanor has done terrible things. So, yeah, in that true. front, yeah. they're both technically capable of getting better. The Eleanor seems to concern herself to do it, and and he doesn't. So maybe that's the difference that she wants to get better, and he doesn't. I think the main difference that I see between Eleanor and Brent is that Eleanor kind of always acknowledged that she was kind of a trash bag. Like she thought she was a medium person, whereas Brent is still like, "I'm cream of the crop. I'm." best i should be in the best place like it's i think it's his attitude that makes it harder to like him maybe you're right yeah yeah that's a good point all right so so what do we have for this week for the for the joke machine um certainly everything that brent says yeah um, there's what was it the one thing is later on in the episode where he says oh i can keep secrets i buried a whole bunch of um what was it uh, hr complaints (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's terrible. Just terrible. And then he st- he's in the talking about his life and we already talked about the, uh, you know, I got into Princeton. Uh, you know, that's really what's wrong with this country was another thing he said, which is, <laughs> yeah. oh my God. And then. And Eleanor's like, what country are we <laughs> in? Like, <laughs> When then the, the usual, um, what is it? The uh, Martin Luther King Jr. quote, uh, which is totally, yeah. you know, totally its own because. Like on the internet, at least, you know, there are definitely people who say they really like him, you know, and then they misquote him and then they only quote him selectively and everything else. So it's totally a, a, a real thing for him to say something that horrible. And yeah, just, just, just. Uh. I like the way he died too. Yeah, he died in, died in the helicopter crash, right? We said it was a gold, what is it, an elite, prime elite member? Yeah, it was diamond elite. That. that. Diamond VIP or something. Diamond Elite. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and he also said, oh, I, I, I grew up in Chicago, you know, a suburb. I'm like, okay, well, growing yeah. up in a suburb of Chicago is not the same thing as growing up in Chicago. But yeah. yeah. So anything else really bad that he said? I'm sure there was something. I mean, he had a joke about, like, where's White Guillermo and Mexican William? And it's like, yeah. God, um, can you just stop? You're just the worst. Squirt man, whoever squirt yeah. man is. I think that was a Brett Kavanaugh joke. Oh, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I blocked out all those names that he said. So, yeah. also, I don't know if you guys know that Guillermo is Williams in Spanish. So, yeah, yes, I think that I think that was part of it. He's just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and then the fact that he had Janet make clothes for herself, which are, I'm sure, not appropriate clothing, right. and was mad that she wouldn't wear them. Yeah, you're doing the math right there. 
right? That was yeah, that was like when I was going, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, just really so good. despicable stuff. Mm-hmm. All righty. All right. So let's move on to um Oh, I will say yep. he mentioned he has a child, and I wonder if that will come back. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, that was another one of his jokes. Was that you know one of my regrets is that I I made some money on Netflix stock, and my stupid kid's going to get it. It's like uh, yeah, okay, yeah. And I I guess this is kind of Brett related, but I liked all the stuff from the torment scene where he's like getting showered in Perrier and you see the Princeton mascot and all the they're all in the Princeton it was just interesting seeing it in a different theme than Eleanor themed right. yeah it was delightful and I loved uh, seeing Simone in that she's just like yep. standing there <laughs> sipping her coffee as yeah. the world yeah. falls apart around her really, according yeah. to her the world doesn't revolve around Brent which is kind of nice <laughs> Yeah, and if anybody doesn't know, the, the, the school colors of Princeton are orange and black. So that's everybody was wearing orange and black. Whatever. And Chicago was playing. Oh, that's why. I was like, why are they playing that song? Okay. Yeah. 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 That, so thanks. <laughs> thanks for that, Rachel. I, I would not have figured that out myself. And I didn't ever written down. It's like Chicago song? Question mark? Yeah. So yeah. And then Simone, uh, uh, seeing that the world is just as goofy as it was before. Like, yeah, you're not convincing Simone that the world is real. By doing this to her, yeah, no. Um, I think the, the probably the, the woman the next most lines or, or the even probably even more lines was Jason this time around. Yeah, um, probably. And uh, I, I just really love the bit where he says, "Yeah, so you know, Eleanor keeps screwing things up. That's my thing, but you wouldn't put me in charge." Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. My favorite part of Jason was when he said that he bought or had some chocolates for Janet <laughs> and knew that she couldn't eat them. So he ate them himself. And then he just wanted to describe them to her. Well, the first one was gross. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. That's how it is. Every time I open a box of chocolates <laughs> that are supposedly for mother's day and see tiny little fingers in them. And I get to hear about how many of them were strawberry. So. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Jason is not a toddler, but yes. Well, you know, he hasn't outgrown the whole the whole sticking your fingers in the chocolate thing. No, he, he really hasn't. I like that. Uh, he has a line, why didn't nobody explain to me uh, that I should have, like, impulse control? I, I don't remember the exact line. And I like that Michael says, people tried, mostly judges. <laughs> yep, yeah. yep. Wanting to do something isn't a good reason to immediately do it. Yeah. People tried to tell you, Jason, mostly judges. I really I really like that um that scene because just the affection there was really was really neat to kind of see. And like he even put like his hand out and was like like you know, not really patted him on the shoulder, like patted him like on the neck and just it was a little weird, but it was also like you know, yeah, like this is this is my guy here. This is my guy, and I just thought that was that really showed the friendship that these people have. So I like that. I forget what he was describing, but Jason had something where he was saying it was a bouncy house, ninja stars, and a bunch of ambulances. Yeah, we can't we can't fix it with the Jacksonville Carnival. Oh, yep, that's what it was. <laughs> um, but oh, you can try a bouncy house, some nin a bouncy house, some ninja stars, and a bunch of ambulances. And what all does Jason need to get over a breakup? He has to drive an ATV through the Panda <laughs> Express, but there was something else. It, he too. had to load up a Mountain Dew. 
Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, yeah, and he's like, oh, but I need to get the, AT- the, the ATV from Janet and the Mountain Dew from Janet, and then I just start crying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jason. Poor guy. <laughs> and Eleanor forced him to give her a high five. Oh, that, that was, was amazing. Great. Yeah, yeah. That is You're the code. Right. Yep, that is the code. <laughs> I'm always a sucker for a good Eleanor self-describing herself line. I'm like a hot blonde wily coyote. Yep. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and Michael agreeing with her and then clarifying he wasn't agreeing Not, that yeah. she was sexualizing the cartoon. That was, that was pretty great. There were a bunch of good lines in the middle of that, all that pep talk. But yeah, one of them was like, yeah, yeah we know, would, are you going to join us? Are you going to, you know, will you join me or will you take a shower first and then join me? That yeah. That's good. <laughs> that wasn't the exact line, but I think it's. Mm-hmm. It's not that, but it's not, not that. <laughs> yeah, right? That's <laughs> Janet. That's getting a little snarky there, Janet. Oh, and then the and the one thing that I mentioned before with the, Tahani was that she said, you know, my breakup routine involved, what was it, champagne and Alanis yeah. Morissette. Oh, not the actual Alanis Morissette, just listening <laughs> to her music at my friend's house, Adele. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, still managed to work one in there. That that That's, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I liked the the lady that saved the ducks. Yes. I think her name was Wanda. Wanda. And also all the horses. And the horses. Yeah. All the horses. Yeah. <laughs> so that was... <laughs> and Chidi is just like um, amazement at, wait, all the ducks? <laughs> I don't like to brag, but also all the horses. <laughs> yeah, Chidi, Chidi does say when asked about himself, well, I'm not, you know, save an entire species impressive, but... Yeah, for a second I thought when he's like, well, now I feel inadequate, that it was going to backfire and Cheedy was going to think he was... Right, <laughs> yeah. Like, didn't, didn't belong. Mm-hmm. But they pulled out of that real fast. I mean, it, it might have still planted the seed of doubt that might blossom in another episode, so... True. I predict I will say poor Cheedy at least once in the next <laughs> couple weeks. <laughs> How many more times will Eleanor have to go over and pretend not to care about Chidi. Mm. <laughs> Just kills me every time I see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, uh, Chris Bell was doing a, a really good job of it this this episode. You know, just this good old hitch to her voice. Yeah. Um, every time where she's like, uh, what was it? Oh, when she said soulmate, you, you know, he's she's your soulmate. And she had to kind of get over get over that to say it. And there's, that was great stuff. And it's funny because when I was thinking back, I was never really convinced about Chidi and Eleanor as a couple in the first place. I didn't think they ever necessarily sold it when they were together, at least in later episodes. But like her being unrequited love for Chidi is, is much more convincing to me than the actual thing. I agree. Yeah, I, yeah. I think she always sold it. I didn't necessarily believe that he felt the same way about her. Well, that's true. Yeah. So they they took care of that problem. <laughs> I like seeing her in charge, though. I think it's it's fun to have the runner of the neighborhood in our group of friends. Also seeing her in charge, it looked like maybe she uh, had raided Mindy's closet in this episode with that powder blue suit that she was wearing. <laughs> I wondered about that. I'm like, 
Why is she? It just reminds me of oh. something Mindy would wear. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. Who dressed Eleanor this week? I hope she didn't take all the cocaine too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no Mindy and no Derek this week. That's true. Yeah. They were in her place. And it seems like it's very easy to go from the medium place to the good place because they were just going back and forth like nothing this episode. Um, but yeah, no, no yeah, because they keep, you know, why do they, why do they have to go to the medium place to do all their powwows? Like but the, the um, new neighborhood is in the medium place. It's in Mindy's backyard. Is it? Yeah, that's what. Yes, in because uh, when I was rewatching last season, they said they needed they couldn't do it in the good place or the bad place. They needed somewhere else to oh. do it, and they came to Mindy and they said, "We need to borrow your backyard." Okay, that makes more sense. So though. yeah, the, the new good. neighborhood is built in the medium place okay. in Mindy's backyard. <laughs> right. Makes sense. No, appreciate the clarification. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then oh the. When Eleanor is um, talking with Michael near the end, and she's um, going on and on about it, Emma Stone, and <laughs> you're stalling. You're like, okay, all right, fine, I'll go. She was stalling. Yeah. The only other lines I had written down were uh, when Jason said that Janet was his whole afterlife. Yep. I thought that yeah, was that was good. Sad and sweet. <laughs> and you know, for a minute there, it's like, oh, Jason. Sorry. And then um, I know we touched on it a little bit, but when Chidi was surprised to have a happy stomach ache, uh, as compared to all his other stomach aches, this one was a happy one. And so, hey, it's a new experience because he's in the good place. Why wouldn't he have a stomach ache? It's just a good stomach ache. So where do we leave for next week then? Mm-hmm. Like, like, well, I mean, where where did the episode end up so that we have a you know, a clear path for yeah. the next week. Yeah, I don't know where we're going after this. Well, I do think, you know, because I was kind of saying in the in our last episode that I didn't know where they were going to end up with the equilibrium for the next couple of episodes. And it does feel to me now that the equilibrium is indeed going to be our good place people uh, figuring out the challenges of trying to encourage the new experimental subjects to be better and so we know what they did with, with Brent. We figure they're probably going to do another one with John pretty soon. But again, they're going to focus more on the on the personal problems of our people over spending the whole time on the, the new people, I think. And I think that's what we're going to get for a couple of episodes coming up. And that will include Simone and Chidi as well, somehow figuring out, you know, how to make her better and then how to tease out his problems as they go. So I think that's, that's probably enough for a couple episodes. That, that's that's my take anyway. I think that's where we're going to go. Anybody else? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I would I would think the same. I think probably next episode will be tackling John, and then as they get to Simone and Chidi, it, they may take a couple episodes to try and suss all that out. But yeah, um, yeah, it certainly seems like they're going to head that direction with the episodes but i don't know they've surprised us before <laughs> i'm just trying to remember what happened at the very end of this episode and i can't remember so what did happen at the very end <laughs> it was just a high five i guess that's true yeah it was the, yeah they were talking to the high five and simone and chidi had their yogurt shop thing oh yeah and they were kind of cute and you shouldn't <laughs> think that but you do mm-hmm. yeah you got the sense that that was they- that was where they were going to go with with those two for the next 
Yeah, and the other characters were talking to Eleanor and said something about oh how she lied convincingly, and she said she's not sure that it was a lie, you know, because he did fall for Simone in the real world. So another place where she's doubting herself. Right, and although Michael brought up the interesting point that in terms of, you know, they were kind of saying, well, Chidi, Chidi gave up something, and does it, you know, Eleanor is suffering more than Chidi because she's aware of it. And I wonder if they're going to go that route eventually, too, that maybe the the bad place people will get in there and, you know, do some sort of little magical spell on Chidi or whatever to make it worse for him by bringing back his real memories that, you know, I don't know if they're going to go that way, but that would be one way of finally having him have his full memories, but still having him be involved in the storyline. So that'll, uh, we'll see if they want to go in any of those directions, but then that'll make sort of the experiment not work. And, but I, I'm still of the opinion myself that we're not going to make it to the end of the season with the experiment still in play. Like something is going to disrupt and stop or ruin or another in some other way, disrupt the experiment such that they won't finish. But we'll still get the good result anyway. But I don't think the show is going to just play it straight with that. So we'll see if that, that's my prediction. And I'm willing to be wrong about it. But that's what I'm going to put That's the money spirit. On. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to predict. Yeah. That's the show in a nutshell. Well, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> zigged and zagged quite a bit over the over the seasons. I think we're going to continue to explore our new subjects. We're going to have an episode for Simone and an episode for John and an episode for Chidi probably. That's like three episodes. So we got something. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, and that's an arc, right? That that might be the next arc for them until yeah. we get to sort of a mid-season crescendo of some sort. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I hope we get, I hope at least some of those episodes will involve Tahani in some degree. Yeah, hope so. More Tahani. Please. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we'll wrap up for tonight anyway. So uh, uh, let me thank my co-host, Javier. Thanks for being here. Thank you, friends. Uh, Rachel, thanks for being here as well. Thanks. Good night, everyone. And Sarah, thanks again. Thank you. Good night. And we'll see you next time.